So um, sometimes I love taking Uber. Uh, I, I do this at least once or twice a week uh, because I have to share my car with uh, my wife and Timothy. And so um, there'll be times in the morning, like at 5 a.m. or 7 a.m., I'll just take an Uber. It takes about uh, 10 minutes, 15 minutes if there's traffic. And um, a couple months ago, you know, I, I shared, I think, with my youth group that I was really convicted that I have to be uh, very intentional about the conversations that I have in the car. Uh, because it's really easy for me because it's early in the morning. I just want to lay back, listen to the music, you know, not say a single word, and just get to my workplace, right? But um, I was convicted that uh, I don't have many opportunities to talk to non-believers, so I'll take this as an opportunity. So last week, um, I met this one guy. Normally, you know, it's really hard to have a genuine conversation in 10, 15 minutes. Uh, normally, we start out by talking about the weather, talking about different stuff, maybe song selections. But last week was a little bit different. I met this one guy, and um, very nice guy, uh, very polite, you know, uh, car extremely clean. And then he saw on the destination that I was going to Shining Star Community Church. And so he asked the question, oh, so you, do you go to church? I said, yeah, I go to church. And I asked the question to him, do you go to church? And then we had started this great conversation. And he said, um, no, I, I believe in God. I fear God. I honor him. But I don't go to church. And so I knew immediately, okay, I can have a pretty good conversation with this person. So I asked why. And he said, uh, well, it's because uh, I want to do the right thing before God. Uh, and I know a lot of people who attend church around me. And I hear stories. I see what they do at church. Sometimes they go to church and they lust after other people's wives. Sometimes um, they, they go partying all night and the next day they will show up at church. And he was basically saying, uh, if that's what I'm going to be like when I go to church, because I know I'm pretty messed up, because I live a pretty sinful life, if that's what I'm going to be like, I just don't want to go to church. You know, I don't want to be a hypocrite. And I was like, man, this guy is really deep. Normally, when, when someone says, I don't want to go to church, they say, oh, it's because I'm lazy, because I just don't feel like waking up on Sunday mornings. But this guy, you know, he honors God, uh, and he, he, he wants to honor God so much that he doesn't want to be a hypocrite at church. And, but I couldn't help to just have the sad feeling in my heart, because I think basically what he was saying is, um, I don't like it when people say that they have faith but their lives does not reflect what they truly believe in. And I think that driver was basically echoing the words of James today in verse 14 when it says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Right? What good is it? So today's passage, the topic is faith. A lot of people try to make this passage about faith versus works, but from the beginning to the end, it's pretty clear that James is focused on faith. But he's talking about a very specific type of faith. And when it comes to faith, we are all about faith, right? I mean, in 16th century, when Martin Luther, he came out with the Protestant Reformation, when he, he, he made that statement that, okay, we're not going to follow this tradition anymore. Uh, we are all about faith. Faith alone, Christ alone, grace alone, scripture alone, to the glory of God alone, right? And that's what we're all about. That's why we don't call ourselves Roman Catholics, because we believe that it is in Christ alone 
It is by grace alone, through faith alone, that we are saved. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of your own doing. It is a gift from God, and not a result of work, so that no one may boast. So the, I think the idea is pretty clear, that we're not saved by good works, but we are saved through faith. But, but here's the thing. We have to understand that while we are all saved by faith, not Everyone who claims to have faith actually has saving faith. While everyone can say that they have faith, not everyone who claims to have faith has saving faith. And therefore, James asked the question, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works, can that faith save him? And the answer, of course, is no. That faith cannot save the person. No, notice James is not talking about someone who has genuine faith but has no works. He's saying this person is someone who says that they have faith. This person is someone who claims to have faith. And on the other side, this person does not have any works. No, he's not addressing the people um, who, who are really just struggling for a season to produce good works. He's just talking on people who claim confidently that, yeah, I know it all. No, I I am saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. I believe in the cross. I know all, but yet they have nothing that reflects the love of Christ in their lives. They can articulate the gospel. They can talk about everything that happened in Jesus' life. They can quote Bible verses left and right, yet their words just simply don't match the works that they display in their lives. That's the type of people that James is talking about right now. People claim that they love Jesus, yet their life does not reflect anything about Jesus. And so in verse 15, James is simply saying this type of faith is talking faith, right? Faith that talks but doesn't do any work. And he says um, if a brother or a sister is poor and uh, is lacking daily food, they don't have any clothes, in verse 16, uh, one of you to say to him, Go in peace, be warmed, and be filled without giving them the things needed for the body. And if you do that, what good is that? And the answer is, it's no good, right? If you simply say, you know, oh, oh, I'll pray for you, oh, I'm so sorry for you, yet you don't do anything after hearing that your brother or sister is struggling in Christ, I mean, it's, it's no good. What's the point of that? No, and concluding this, this thought, he says in verse 17, so also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it is dead. So talking faith, it seems alive, but the reality is it is dead. Now, when I was young, um, I remember the first pet I ever had was a goldfish. You know, in elementary school, there was this school fair. And uh, there was these games that you can play. And uh, one of the games, if you win, they actually gave you a goldfish, right, in a plastic bag. Uh, that's kind of old school. And I was so excited because I never had a pet, right? So I, had, I knew nothing about a goldfish. I just thought it was pretty, right? And so there was just one single goldfish that I, I won. I had it in a plastic bag. So at night, I went home. I put it in a jar. I, I made sure there was clean water, clean tap water, right? <laughs> and and I, I just thought that this goldfish was going to live forever. I had a couple, you know, goldfish food, that I, bait that I can just give. And the next day, um, I came back from school. And I realized that that goldfish was dead. Now, immediately, 
When I saw a dead goldfish, I realized that something was wrong with that picture. I mean, the goldfish was still gold, it still had fins, but there's something wrong with that picture. It didn't have any life. You notice that a living creature, when it loses its breath, everything changes. All of a sudden, that goldfish that I was so excited about, that was so meaningful to me, when it did not have any breath, now it was meaningless. It was, it was useless, right? I mean, it wasn't the same. Everything changed when the breath just left the goldfish. Now, in the same way, talking faith, what, what James is saying here is it's not just damaged that you can just repair and fix. He's not just saying that it's outdated, that you can just upgrade. What James is saying here is talking faith is dead. And that's why he says in verse 26, for as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. So faith by itself, if it does, if does not have any works, it's like a body without breath. No, it is lifeless. It is just an empty shell, right? It's just lying there. It is pointless. It doesn't do anything. It is no good. And ultimately, it does not save. Now, as I mentioned before, the book of James, it really is kind of a reflection of Jesus' words on the Sermon of the Mount. And this is what he says in Matthew 7, 21, Jesus speaking, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of God, but the one who does the will of my Father, that person will enter. The one who does the will of my Father is the one who's going to be in heaven. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, it's the one who does it. So talking faith without works is worthless. The second thing is this. Thinking faith without works is worthless. No, look at verse eight, 18. Sorry, it says, but someone will say, now you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. So James, he's anticipating a question, an objection that someone would say, oh, wait, hold on. No, faith, no, I've feel like, you know, it can be independent from works. So you have faith, I have works. And James, in response, he says, well, you don't get to pick and choose and, and separate these two in two different categories. No, let me prove that these two actually go together. They are not two separate things. They are two things that actually complement one another. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. And he goes on to give an example. Well, you believe that God is one, right? How many of you believe that God is one or God is one? Okay, not many of you. Okay, that's good. Okay. Hopefully you believe that God is one and well done. Uh, even the demons believe that, right? That's what James says. No, you do well. Even the deme demons believe and they shudder. No, and you might think that's a very simple statement that God is one. That is a very foundational verse that is found in Deuteronomy 6, 4, where it, we quote the Shema, right? Hear, O Israel, your God is one. That is foundational to our faith. And what's interesting is that demons, even Satan himself, believes that. It doesn't say that they just know about it. They believe it, and they shudder. They're pretty conservative when it comes to theology, Right? Demons are pretty, pretty right on when it comes to the things about the Bible. They know who God is. You know, when Jesus showed up in, in Mark chapter 5, um, and there was this guy who was possessed with an unclean spirit, you know, you remember what the guy said? 
No, he, he said, and there was a demon inside of the guy and says, no, what have you to do, to do with me, the son of God? No, are you here to torment me? And he asked to be sent to these pigs, right? Even before anyone, who, anyone in the Mark, in the Gospel of Mark, not a single person at this point declared that Jesus is the son of God. It's the demons that first declared that Jesus is actually the son of God in the Gospel of Mark. And not only that, they, they fear God. They are afraid of him. It's not like they just say that Jesus is the Son of God, but they really fear God with their very own lives. And the question is, how are we different from these demons? How are the children of God different from demons who believe and fear God? The answer is quite simple. Demons, although they know who God is, although they believe that God is powerful and they fear, they even show the proper response, they yet refuse to transform their lives. They refuse to submit to the lordship of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the difference. It's not, the difference is not how much you know. The difference is not how much you say that you believe or even your reaction to God. It's really what you believe. Does it transform your life? Does what you, whatever you believe, does it change the way that you approach life and do things in life? Does it change the way you think? Because if not, you are just as good as a demon in this world. No, while knowing a lot about the Bible, while knowing all these scriptures and, and, and theology, while well, that's really good. Now, that's really helpful. But did you notice in the Bible, it never says that when you go to heaven, God is not going to quiz you. It never says that God is going to quiz you on theology. It never says that God is going to quiz you on these different Bible verses. It's as if, you know, you have to quote at least 10 Bible verses if you want to go into heaven. No, he's not going to judge you based on knowledge. He's not going to judge you based on how much you know. He's going to say, give me an account of your life. No, what he's more interested in is not what you think, it's how you live out your faith. While knowledge is great, if our knowledge does not produce good works in us, we are missing the point. No, thinking faith without works, it is worthless. Christianity is more about living than thinking. Christianity is not about thinking, it is about a way of life. It's a lifestyle where we follow Christ. And in order to kind of bring this, home, uh, this point home, James says this uh, in verse 21. He gives two kind of examples from the Old Testament. First, he talks about Abraham, right? The father of faith, right? The prime example of someone who followed God. And he says, hey, Abraham, he was justified by works. You know, when he offered his son Isaac on the altar, no, Abraham, although he believed in many things, what James is saying is kind of the peak of his belief came in Genesis 22 when he took action. And despite all the odds and the circumstances, he offered his one and only beloved son, Isaac, to the Lord. And that's when he was justified. That's what it says. Now, if you've been coming to church for a long time and you know the Bible uh, pretty well, this should be a red flag for you because you know, man, Hey, hey, Pastor, have you ever read Romans 4, 5? Um, Paul, the great apostle Paul, he uses the same example, right? He says, Abraham, no, he was justified by, by he was justified by, not by works, but by faith. It says in Romans 4, um, verse 2, for if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. 
for what does scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, quoting uh, Genesis uh, 15. So is Paul and James, are they disagreeing here? Do we see a contradiction in the Bible? No, is the Bible to some degree flawed that, that they're using the same man, the same example, even quoting the same Bible verse? It seems like they're coming to two different conclusions where one is justified by faith and one is justified by works. No, if this doesn't get you, look at verse 24. It says, you see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. You know what Paul says in Romans 3.28? For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of law. And it's like two different things. And how do we reconcile this? It seems like Paul is embracing faith and James is embracing works. Now, there's a couple of things that we need to know here. Um, first, we need to know that James actually came before Paul. No, James was the leader of the early church. A lot of people believe that the letter of James was written first before any of the, of the letters that Paul wrote, right? Um, so it can't be that James is simply reacting to the theology of Paul. The other thing that we see is that James, he's not necessarily embracing works. He's simply saying that work, uh, workless faith is, is a problem. Faith that does not display any works, that is a problem. He says that Abraham, no, his faith was completed when he demonstrated his faith by offering his son Isaac on the altar. In the same way, what James is saying is good works, they're not the basis of our faith, but they are surely the evidence of our saving faith. No, James explains that Abraham, he was active in his faith all along. And it just happened to be that in Genesis 22 that his faith was displayed to others. And that's when he was justified. No, faith alone, uh, James is saying that faith alone is is enough to save us. But faith is never alone. You know, um, I have... I have a coin that I borrowed from my youth, youth student. No, I, I was looking for a coin, and I couldn't find it. Uh, I don't know if you guys like to gamble. Uh, by the way, it's very unbiblical to gamble. But I'm going to gamble here, okay? Okay, Pastor Danny, heads or tail? Okay. Okay, it is tail. Okay. Now, I'm going to gamble one more time. I bet everything that I have and everything that I'm going to earn for the rest of my life, that the other side of this coin is heads. This is tails right now. The other side of this coin is heads. Would you bet against me? No. Now, heads and tails, they're two different things, right? A head cannot be a tail, and a tail cannot be a head. But here's the thing. You can't have heads and not have tails. It just doesn't work like that. In the same way, faith... Yeah, and, and works, they're two different things. But you cannot have faith that does not produce his works. That's basically what James is saying. The, I think the best illustration of this is if you think about John 15, when Jesus uses the example, you know, I am the vine, you are the branches, and he uses this beautiful picture that a, a, a branch that is attached to the real tree produces fruit. You know, if I bring two trees out, Let's just pretend that this is a tree, and that's a tree, and that's, that's a bush, more, more so. Let's, let's say that uh, I don't know which one is going to produce strawberries, 
One is going to produce strawberries. One is going to produce blueberries. They look the same. What would you do? You're probably going to wait. Because the only way you're going to distinguish whether one is a blueberry, uh, produces blueberry, one is a strawberry tree, is by looking at the fruit, right? Although the fruit, um, it, the fruit itself, um, you don't necessarily have to have the fruit to be a blueberry tree or a strawberry tree. The fruit, it justifies, right, the nature of the tree. And that's exactly what James is saying. Although faith, yeah, you know, sometimes even if you don't see uh, specific works, yeah, you can still have faith. But what James is saying, over time, if you're constantly not producing any fruit in your life, any good works in your life, it's not an issue about the fruit. Something might be seriously damaged or, 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 or some, something might be seriously um, off in the nature of the tree. That's what he's saying. So faith and works, they don't compete with one another. Rather, they complete one another. Now, if you are a new creation in Christ, it is impossible to be a fruitless Christian. Did you know that? There is no such thing as a Christian that can't bear any fruit. Now, different people might produce different fruit, and it might take different rates, and, and the amount might be different. But if you, not, you are not producing any fruit at all in your life, what James is saying, there might be something very foundationally wrong in your faith because genuine faith always produces good works well and just in case you were thinking hey abraham he was, he was a special guy uh, james he brings out another example he says okay i'm not going to give you the example of abraham uh the patriarch i'm going to give you the example rahab the prostitute and he says, look at Rahab. She demonstrated her faith by, um, by hiding the spies that, that came from Israel, right? She believed that God is true, that he is the one and only true God. And in response, uh, she was more obedient to, to, to the spies rather than the circumstance around her. Now, people were trying to kill uh, these men, yet out of faith, she, she spared the lives of these spies. And what James is saying, look, whether you're a patriarch, whether you're a prostitute, it doesn't matter if you have a lot of money, uh, less money. It doesn't matter if you have coming to church for 10 years, 20 years, or you're just a new Christian. Everyone is justified by faith, but faith with works. Now, workless faith, it's worthless. Talking faith without works, it is worthless. Thinking faith without works, it is worthless. No, and, and, and the question is, why do we do that? No, why do we just talk? Why do we, why do we just think and believe that we're going to be okay? And I, I think the answer is quite simple. It's because, it's because we, we're lazy, right? We just want things done for us. And then when we see this doctrine of faith alone, we're like, oh, that's perfect, Right? You're telling me that there can be a way where I don't have to do anything. I just simply acknowledge what Christ has done for me, and I get to enjoy all of these different things. And somehow you twist the doctrine of faith in such a way. I think the main problem that we have is that we view Christianity more as a religion than a relationship. Because when we treat Christianity as a relationship, man, if we know Jesus, we would want to produce good fruit. We would want to produce good works. So there's a couple of ways that we, I think we can apply this text. But the way that we shouldn't apply this text is, number one, is to think that somehow we need to do more. Because more effort 
more good works right now, it, that's not the solution. You know, um, I, I, I was in Hong Kong once, and I was walking down the streets, and, and as I was walking down, someone was trying to sell a watch to me, right? And I had my instincts, right? I, I kind of knew. Uh, the price that they were saying, it just did not make sense. Right? It was this well-made, well-known brand watch, and they were saying, okay, you can have this you know, with just a couple of dollars, and I was like, there's something that's not right about that. But let's say I bought it, right? And it worked for a couple of days. But later, you know, and, and the person said that, oh, this is, this is real. This is genuine. This is not fake, right? This is the real deal. I'm just giving, I just like you, so I'm getting, just giving you a discount, a humongous discount, right? Just say that I bought it and thinking that this is the real deal. And then after a couple of days, it, it breaks down. How would you fix that? Would you, would you go to, to a place where they can fix a watch and say, hey, you know, um, I think this is a fake watch. Can you patch it up a little bit? Can you put some more uh, stuff in it to make, make it better? No, you don't do that. You throw it away. You, like, you go like, oh, man, that was a scam. You know, I, I thought that was real. It's not. What you really need is you need to replace your watch. In the same way, what James is doing here is he's giving us a test. He's saying, hey, have you ever wondered if you have saving faith? Have you ever wondered if you're okay in the eyes of God? Have you ever wondered how God views you? The best way to identify or, uh, whether you have saving faith or not is just simply by looking at the fruit. And here's the thing. If you don't think you have the fruit that is necessary, then you have to replace the faith, not the work. So more works, different works is not the solution here. The real solution that you need right now is new faith. You need a different kind of faith. If so far you've been just living this Christian life with a talking faith, if you've just been living this Christian life with a thinking faith, and you think, because I know all these things, I'm going to be okay, I pray today that this will be a warning to you, that you would see that true Christians, true faith always produces fruit. And I think the more specific application that I can give is actually Jesus you know, in, in John 15, Jesus says this, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the branch, you, uh, I'm, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you cannot bear any fruit. You know, what this should tell us is that we need more of Jesus because apart from faith, we can never produce genuine works. You know, um, my son Timothy, I noticed that now he is picking a lot of things um, if I blow my nose, he asks for a, a napkin, and he, he pretends that you know, he, he's blowing his nose as well. If I say something, he would, he, he would try to follow what I say. You know, uh, one time, uh, I shouldn't have done this, but you know, uh, I, I, I try to I teach him how to, how to how, um, pound your chest, right? I, I just thought that was cool to teach. And, and I did that, and he started pounding my chest. <laughs> so although, and after a while, he did pound his chest too. But what, what I'm trying to say is the way that Timothy is learning is not just through knowledge. It's not just through the words that I speak. He's actually learning through a relationship that he has with me. No, the best way that we can learn how to produce good fruits is actually by having a genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. Because when we have that, when we see what Christ is doing, when we see how he talks, when we see how he loves, when we see how he thinks, when we see how he cares about others and loves on others, when we see how he conducts himself in the midst of adversity, when we see how he embraces those who are neglected by this world, and when we see how he shares the gospel, then you can imitate him. 
You know, our lifelong mission, according to Romans 8, is to become like Christ. And what Christ says is, you can do that simply if you abide in me. So kind of the application, the take-home message today is not to do more stuff and try to be a better person. You need Jesus. And you need to spend time with Jesus. You need to spend time in his word. You need to, you need to see what his life is like. You need to think the way that he thinks. Because God's children, they act like the Father. And how better can we see how to act as a child than to look at the life of Jesus Christ? So instead of having worthless faith, faith, why don't we have genuine faith that produces works? Let's pray.